coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back. Welcome, 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 welcome. Dreams for your ticket Glad you are here. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. You can stay here with us. We're here until 10 this morning, and we hope that you will enjoy us every moment of the day on what I call our swinging soiree. Bob Slider and I are here to inform and entertain you, educate you, and occasionally to irritate you, and we know that that does happen. Temperature actually has dropped just a smidgen, but has actually dropped in the last hour. 47 now at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 46 at the Highlands, 48 in my backyard, and 46 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Only a degree or two drop, but it's still dropping down instead of going up. I don't like that. Uh, mostly cloudy, high around 56, the forecast for today. Partly sunny around 60 for tomorrow. In a minute or two, our national correspondent Tom Scateri is in. He is just back from Israel on a trip with the defense secretary um, and uh, will give us a firsthand report on what's going on in Israel and uh, some of the concerns that uh, that are, are in Israel about how the United States is going to respond to them and other issues on the national and politi- international political scene. Tom Scateri coming up in a minute or two. The Senate race in West Virginia continuing to get national attention. Mansion, the focus of an AP feature that we've seen several times uh, in several places here in the Ohio Valley this week. And Jim Justice profiled in the New York Times. The issue of homelessness is still bubbling around here in the city of Wheeling. Council hears first reading tonight of a ban on public camping. In Montegalia County, they're considering an ordinance to cut down on panhandling. Their commission president, Tom Bloom, is going to join us coming up in the next hour of the show to talk about that. And the Winter Freeze Shelter has announced plans for uh, this year. So all of that's coming up this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You can join us on the phone lines, 304-214-1600 is the text line, 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, or you can uh, call us on the Frio Stack Auction Service uh, phone line, 304-232-8255. I read you a text right before the break, uh, and I said, uh, I don't know why the guy was saying, because I, I, he was saying what I had said when he said... Um, he works in a prison, and sex offenders do get what everyone thinks they do. But he corrected himself. He, he, he or she sent me a, uh, a second text saying, I don't know where you guys get your information. I work in a prison. Sex offenders do not get what you think they get. That was a typo earlier. So, all right. Uh, I, everything that I know, read, see, and hear, including from people I know who have been in prison, say that, Sex offenders um, very often find themselves offended against in prison. But this guy says that uh, he were, and I, I'm not going to argue with him. I work in prison. Sex offenders don't get what you think. So I, I, I don't know. I suspect they do. But I, I'm, you're the guy inside, so can't argue with you there. I could, but I won't. Okay, Mr. Monroe, here we go. If I am mistaken, I'll be happy to buy you and powerful Pierre. Oh, he uses your nom de guerre. Must have knew me for a while. He knows your nom de guerre. If I am mistaken, I will be happy to buy you and powerful Pierre lunch at the restaurant of your choosing. On the air, 
ask the current mayor, the vice mayor, and council candidate for mayor if they would retain Bob Heron if serving on city council uh, next year. Uh, I am an uneducated white man over the age of 50, but I promise you they want Heron out. Yes, this is A, by the way, says yes, this is A. He hasn't been signing himself that way, but it is indeed A. Um, anybody who wants Bob Heron out, and that includes Glenn Elliott, who I like, or Chad, or Rosemary, are fools. I, I can't say it any other way. There is no more competent city manager than, than Bob Heron. Um, I can't conceive of how he gets replaced someday in the future. It has to happen. But I can't conceive of that um, in terms of handling the finances, in terms of keeping the, 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 you know, keeping the ball rolling in the city, in terms, in terms of coordinating everything, following out what council wants done. I can't conceive of a better guy than Bob Heron. I just I don't I, I can't conceive. And that. again, you're the gentleman. I'm not Howard. And if that coup is successful or not, I think there's a lot of people in this town just like me that'll be looking for a little payback, be looking for some way to rebel against that. Well, of course, if this is true at that point, uh, well, I guess what he's asking me is to, what he's what Abe is asking me is to ask the candidates before they're elected, so you know how they feel about that. Um, by the way, I'm not suggesting some of these folks, you're, some of these candidates, may not, may not, not like Bob Heron. And we can ask them that. But um, I think anybody who thinks Bob, the, the city is better off without him, is just as wrong as you could be. And and I, I have been involved in working with and watching city government longer than any of these people on city council. A lot longer than any of these people on city council. Um, and I'm going to tell you, can't do any better than than Bob Heron. And the problem is someday you're going to have to. And it's going to be, a, it's like so many things, you know, people may say they want rid of something. When something else comes in, you go, holy crap, we had it pretty good before. But, all right, I appreciate your text, Dave. Thank you. 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Tom Scuteri was uh, in Israel, uh, among other places, recently. We're going to talk to him coming up next. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. The NFL is in full swing. College football is underway. High school rivalries are back, and the boys of summer are still swinging their bats. It is a great time of the year to be talking sports, and we are giving you one more way to do it. The good old boys on sports with Baron Bob. Join Baron Bob Saturday mornings at 8 for sports coverage, conversation, and your calls. The good old boys on sports with Baron Bob, now part of the All Sports Saturday mornings, only on The Watchdog. What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts with a very low balance required, online bill pay, and debit cards issued right away? I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank. The right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
If you're looking for an affordable hotel with comfortable accommodations and a friendly staff, make sure to book your stay at Sleep In and Suites in Moundsville. It's a non-smoking hotel with an experience that is comfortable and soothing. With no shortage of comfy, floppy pillows on a cozy bed, you're sure to have a great night's sleep. They also offer complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi. They have tons of amenities, and they're located in the heart of Moundsville. Book a room now at sleepinmoundsville.com. Looking to buy or sell a home? For a reliable, experienced agent that has been serving the Tri-State area for over 30 years, contact Denise Pavlik, Realtor Salesperson with Paul Associates in the Glendale Marshall County office at 304-281-5250. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information. Or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuard West Virginia. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. some state politics coming up next hour. Joe Manchin profiled by the Associated Press this week and it's appeared in several national publications, uh, a couple of our local ones as well. Not a lot of new information there, but it's a fairly big profile. And uh, JJ, Governor Justice, and Baby Dog profiled in the New York Times. I'll share some of that with you coming up uh, later on this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Homelessness bubbling over here in the city of Wheeling. Uh, the city council tonight takes up an ordinance to ban Camping on public property, it's an anti-homeless ordinance, obviously. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next hour. The Winter Free Shelter has announced their plans for this year. They'll be in the Life Hub. And in Montegalia County, down around Morgantown, they're considering an ordinance to cut down on panhandling uh, in the name of safety uh, on the streets. Tom Bloom is the president of the Mon County Commission. He's going to join us to talk about exactly what they're doing. So all of that is coming up. But right now, welcome back. After a, after a trip overseas, our friend Tom Scateri. Good morning, Tom. Howard, good morning. What was that nickname I heard earlier for our friend there in the studio? Powerful Pierre? Yeah, wow. When, when Bob first became known around the Ohio Valley on talk radio shows, he was a caller. He called into radio shows. Mm -hmm. And in his nickname, he gave himself was Powerful Pierre. And, uh, that sounds like a name out of a Quentin Tarantino movie with John Travolta <laughs> dancing does. in some nightclub, you know? <laughs> and I, I, I love it, man. As, love a, it. as a host back in the days when he was a caller, when yeah. you would hear them say, it's powerful Pierre on the line, it's like, oh, God. Brace yourself. Brace, yeah, brace yourself. Your, yeah, brace yourself. <laughs> what, are we getting, what are we getting into now? And he had no, Bob, uh, Pierre, Pierre, had no compunctions 
about saying things right to a guest that probably shouldn't have been said to a guest. You could get away with that as a caller, uh, Tom. I can't do that today. Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me, but I'm happy to hear that. You, you know, someone someone has to do it, right, Pierre? <laughs> you got it, buddy. <laughs> and, he, and he certainly did. Hey, uh, Tom. Uh, yes. You, you I'm went, back, Howard, you, in one piece. You went, and that's that's not necessarily a, a, a you know that's that's important to know that you're back in one piece because <laughs> you left with um, plans to go with the defense secretary to a couple of hot spots, but um, Israel broke out. The problem in Israel broke out while you were yeah. away, and uh, yeah. man, that was a, this. We've been following that uh, story quite a good bit here on the show. Uh, tell me about so you were in Israel, correct? Correct, I was. So it was very interesting. Uh, uh, understatement. Uh, we, I was with Secretary Austin. It was my turn as the radio pool reporter on this trip, and it was to be a standard, quote-unquote, standard trip to Brussels for the NATO ministerial meeting, the first one. And this was going to be what's going to happen with Ukraine. Are they going to get membership? You know, all Ukraine focused. And then the weekend before we left, there's a Hamas terrorist attack against Israel. And that, of course, shifted everything, even at the NATO conference. Uh, and I had a funny feeling, because having been a reporter long enough to read the tea leaves on these things, that Secretary Austin, being in Europe, sort of halfway to Israel already would go. And so we went. Uh, we flew down. They, they, we flew over, Howard. I, this is inside weeds a little bit, but I think some listeners, some of my friends find this interesting, so I'll share it. So we flew from Washington to Brussels on a plane, essentially like a commercial airline. It's modified. It says United States of America on and all that. But it's a commercial airline. It's like, a, you know, that. Yeah. To fly to Israel, we switched to an Air Force C-17 plane for a couple reasons. One, because it could be refueled in the air. And second, it has, you know, anti-missile defenses available. So, you know, it's a much more secure plane to fly to Secretary of Defense on it. But it's a cargo plane. It has, to make you, has to make you feel... A uh, little uh, uh, either either comfortable or uneasy when they say, "Listen, we got to put you in a plane that has missiles on it." You know. Well, they don't tell you that, but we know that. I mean, <laughs> they don't like to they don't like to admit that, you know. But it does. I mean, listen, if you're going to go in, you want to have as much protection as possible, right? So we 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 left at three thirty in the morning from Brussels uh, because it's a four and a half hour flight from there to Israel. We got there in the morning of Israel time and spent the whole day there. And the first stop was the war room, Howard in Tel Aviv, the Israeli Defense Force, the IDF's war room. It's called the pit, okay? Hmm. And you go down, it's like four or five floors, you know, underground, it's deep, and it's incredible. They let us in, which I was surprised, and, you know, obviously a buzz of activity. I wrote a story about it. I think I sent you the link. And, did, uh, yes. Okay. And, you know, it was just really fascinating to see them move and, and this and that. And then there was a press briefing. Then he met with, he, Secretary Arts, met with Prime Minister Netanyahu privately, and then privately with the defense minister, Gallant, of Israel. And then he, Gallant, and Austin had a press briefing afterwards, of which I was one of the four quest- reporters who asked the questions, was permitted to ask questions. So that was exciting. It's my first trip to Israel, by the way. Really? Interesting. I covered all around. Yeah. It surprises a lot of people, including myself. But, you know, I covered the whole region uh, around it. But most of my foreign travel in that part of the world was when, when I was with USA Today. And I had a colleague who basically covered Israel in the Middle East, so I never had to really go there. So it's funny, of all the countries I've been to, not bragging, you know, it, Israel was just not one of them, and it seems logical because it's such a, a newsworthy location. I would have, I would so, have guessed uh, you had been there. I, I'm surprised at that. Yeah. And then I was, uh, I think I was telling this to Bob offline, that then we went to an Air Force base where we watched one of the U.S. planes unload munitions and, wep- uh, not weapons, munitions and ammunition and, and supplies to the Israelis. 
and, and we got they gave us this memo when we got off the plane they said to us okay first thing you need to you know no pictures here or there that type of thing then they said now if you hear the sirens go off you have 90 seconds to get to that shelter over there oh, and they pointed i'm looking like where, where is it? Where is it? Academic, I can pick an arrow, please. You know, uh, luckily, you know, we didn't have to see how good my knees are at age seventy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but where where I was earlier, uh, you know, Tel Aviv it was shelled a couple times yesterday when Secretary Blinken was there because it's well within range of you know Gaza. Yeah. So did so did you see any violence there? Are you saying that you were shelled? No violence. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, no violence. No, it was a calm day. We didn't. Uh, no, where we were. Uh, on Friday was was hit yesterday. I got you. Okay. I, All right. okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, make that clear. No, I was. It was a sunny day in Israel. I don't mean to be flip about. It. I mean nothing went wrong. Uh, and then you know, at the end of a very long day, we got on the plane and flew back to Brussels. Yeah. The um, one of the issues that I have to assume was talked about at great length there was to what extent does the United States provide aid to Israel in this situation? Yeah, and let me add one thing. Uh, one of the good things about the timing of our trip was that the anger that Israelis have to what happened, which is, you know, understandable, was still burning intensely. Therefore, the interviews that we were able to have with IDF officials were very stark and very yeah. powerful unlike the usual sanitized versions you might get when there's not a crisis. And they were just angry, and they wanted to share their anger and their determination. Now, the material you asked about that the United States is providing is, is ammunition, intelligence, uh, replacement rockets for their Iron Dome anti-air defense mm -hmm. missile system, and, and um, stuff like that. They're, they're, they're also supposedly providing um, oversight, in other words, our drone intelligence and pictures. The IDF said this morning in a statement that there will be no U.S. military participation in the upcoming assault into Gaza, which, of course, makes everybody in the United States happy, as it should. However, the Pentagon announced yesterday that, you know, 2,000 troops are, were given a notice to get ready just in case to have 24-hour notice deploy. Deploy doesn't necessarily mean to Israel, but deploy to the region. And as part of the carrier groups moving into the eastern Mediterranean, there's a Marine rapid deployment force on board one of the two carriers. I'm not, I can't remember which one off the top of my head. So, you know, that, those people, and that might be used at some point to help evacuate Americans from Gaza. Mm. President Biden is going to Israel? Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, yeah, the White House announced it. And you know, this is interesting, you know, again, from the you understand politics as well as anyone. Um, uh, you know, this was not leaked at all. Sometimes these things kind of, oh, Biden's considering going. And never nothing like that. The White House just announced it. And they announced it after Iran upped the ante, threatening Israel with retaliation, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, remember, Iran has never directly attacked Israel, and they've used Hezbollah and Hamas, of course. But, um, Biden's going to go over there tomorrow, Wednesday, and he's going to go to Jordan, according to the White House, to meet with President Jordan, the head of head of the Palestinian Authority, which doesn't control Gaza any longer. Right. They control the West Bank and maybe some others. And uh, so we have uh, some battleships heading there. We have troops who are ready to deploy, and yeah. are, and we are we are actually sending some. 
what's the word I want to use? Supplies? I, that's not the right word. But material. Material. We yeah, we're sending some material yeah. there. So we are we are clearly we're at oh, least we're we at least got our we at least have our toes in this whole thing. If not, uh, I, I, yeah, whole body. I think we have more than our toes in. I mean, Austin was pretty clear that uh, we're going to give the Israelis whatever they need, uh, and and he he also has been very interestingly deftly diplomatic in public remarks, saying how Israel needs their professional soldiers. They know how to behave in war zones. In other words, the United States has been sending the message publicly and certainly privately. You better not kill too many civilians, you know, without cause, essentially, because that's a big concern. Listen, 11 journalists have already been killed by Israeli troops since this started, uh, you know, because it's a war zone, you know. But still, uh, the anger that I mentioned a few moments ago, which is completely understandable, you know, there's nothing that Israel has done in, in its existence to justify this kind of terrorist attack. More Israelis were killed in one day in that attack since the, then, since the Holocaust. Well, you know, there's been a lot of discussion over here about, I mean, we've had some, I, I guess I'll call pro-Palestinian uh, rallies and, and groups speaking up and, and, and saying that, you know, Israel has not treated Palestinians well. And I, my suggestion has been for the last couple of, last week or so, it's a debate worth having. I, I hear the argument, but in retaliation to what, but what Hamas did was so over the top, you can't use that argument. You can't use the argument that Israel has not been good to Palestinians uh, when you look at what Hamas did in, that, uh, in those attacks. Oh, no, Howard, you're, excuse me, you're absolutely correct. Listen, there's a, a fair debate to go on whether Israel has treated Palestinian people fairly, correctly, what they're doing on the West Bank with their settlements. You know, that, that's very provocative, and there's the open debate on whether that's good or bad. I'm not talking about that. That, that's, As you said, that's a discussion that should be had. But that's no way can anyone draw a line from that action or inaction by Israel um, to what happened by Hamas. And let's make it clear. All these, all these folks who are outraged at Israel and protesting about uh, upcoming in Gaza, um, Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people. You no. know, they've never they've been funded by Iran all these years. Millions of dollars, and look at what how Gaza Gaza is. And let's also remember too that the Palestinian people have no friends in the world. You know, you don't see any Arab nations willing to take them in to help them. Uh, you know, they're stuck in Gaza. Um, the Hamas overthrew the government that now you know has the West Bank, so they have no friends. And and so let's look at the whole perspective here. Why are the Palestinians suffering? Two point some million people stuck in Gaza. Tom, uh, what's the what's the feeling in Israel about the hostages? Have is there any hope? Have they given up? Uh, what's the feeling that they'll ever see them again? Good question, and this is my deduction from just the day there, and I want to emphasize that is that there's a forlornness, uh, Bob, that suggests that they think the worst is going to happen because they have no belief that Hamas has any shred of decency in them. Uh, you know, Hamas, and one of them was telling us, us meaning myself and the other reporters, about how, how clever Hamas has been in using psychological warfare with these videos, sending them to, they find out who, like, the parents are, these children, and they send them these videos of their kids, and they post them. And, you know, in Israel, they're saying to people, don't watch it, do not go to social media, et cetera, et cetera, you know, do not do this, because it just 
feeds that perception that it's going to be a horrible fate for these hostages. Tom, let's talk about the um, at least small p politics of this, both in Israel and here at home. Um, we, we did some discussion last week, had a guest on talking to us about what America might want to learn from what happened to Israel here in, in this sense, that Israel has been, as America is, so focused on fighting internally and fighting with themselves and, you know, party against party that they may have lost the big picture. They may have dropped their eyes from the ball a little bit. Uh, and the suggestion was that maybe it's mm -hmm. something we ought to think about in this country. We're so busy playing games, who's going to be the speaker, that we're not uh, getting that big picture about what's happening in the world. That's a very good point as well. And in fact, that was talked about to this in this way. First is that there's been a totally internal focus on Netanyahu's ability, uh, sorry, his effort to weaken the judiciary. So much the fact there's been protests and, and marches. We've talked about that before. Among those who were protesting were reservists, which was unheard of in military. And so the military was looking at this issue of their reservists, which they've called up now, uh, being against the government, in a sense, you know, protesting against the proposed action from the government. Another IDF member was talking to us uh, on background, because he didn't want to be identified for the obvious reasons. And he basically said how, in a twist to that, Howard, uh, you know, our soldiers have relied too much on technology. They've gotten lazy. They haven't been as sharp as they should be. And we, we all miss this. We all miss this, you know, this threat coming. And look at the timing, Howard, of when Hamas reportedly started training for this. Several months ago, just when Israel was starting to have these internal political dynamics. Remember, Israel has had something like three or four elections in the past couple of years because their government's so divided. Right. And that has taken the national, their national focus off of national issues. Much like you said, this country, we're so divided, much like Israel, 50-50 almost. We can't get a Speaker of the House for two weeks. That doesn't matter. I'm not saying Jordan or, or whoever is the person. It's not a commentary on the individuals. It's a commentary on the fact that we don't have a Speaker of the House. Third in line for the presidency, I think, you know. And also, you can't get money through. Now they're talking about, well, let's get a bill through for Israel, maybe Ukraine. You still don't have a Speaker. Now, today I think they're going to take a vote on Jordan, maybe, but... We don't have a speaker. And still, what does that, does that going to solve the problem? I don't think so. Well, because there's still, uh, I suspect the, uh, if there is a speaker, uh, and I'm not sure we're going to get one, I, despite right. the fact that a lot of the anti-Jordan Republican votes literally in the last day or two have decided to go for Jordan, uh, he may get elected. I'm not sure that's going to happen. I still think there could be a, a nose count that doesn't work for him just yet, but that's just me. Uh, but let's assume he is, even if he's there. We'll probably see Israel aid okayed, but the Ukrainian aid is still going to be a big uh, a big argument. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a and lot. And listen, Howard, let me point out something before we lose time here. Is that during NATO, Zelensky, President Zelensky of Ukraine, showed up. It's the first time he's been in person at a NATO ministerial meeting in Brussels. And the contact group, which was held before the Ukraine contact group, that's how much he knew... His aid, his support is being overshadowed by what's happening in Israel. So what do you think is going to happen here in the speaker? You think we'll get a, you think Jordan will uh, get a speaker? I mean, you just. <laughs> I'm just back, and I, I don't know. I, I think I'm with you on this, that there's some holdouts. I keep, I keep because I'm jet lagged and, you know, no coffee buzz and everything. <laughs> <laughs> the cliche you have. I keep thinking of my fantasy is that somehow 
Jeffries, the Democratic leader, reaches out to some Republican and said, hey, let's, go- let's govern from the middle for a year and let's keep these things off the table, regardless of what our lefties say and your righties say. And surprise the world, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, in fact, <laughs> unfortunately, I think the possibility of that happen may be what has moved some of the Republicans to, who, who yesterday ah. were saying, I'm not going to vote for Jordan, ah, uh, yeah. when it looks like the option may be a Democratic compromise, uh, may say, all right, I'll go with the crazy guy. And let's make no mistake ah. about it, Jim Jordan is a crazy guy. He's one of your neighbors, right? Isn't he from Ohio? He, and I'd prefer not consider him a neighbor, but yes, he is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he is indeed from. He is indeed from Ohio. Um, but uh, it's. I, I, well, we'll talk politics next time because this is international okay. day today. But uh, honestly, I think a Jordan speakership could could lose the Republicans the House. I think if Jim, yeah. Jim Jordan becomes speaker, that and what follows from that could be enough to lose the Republicans the House. They have a narrow margin to begin with, and I think it could... Well, well, seats like... There's a guy, I think his name... I think it's Congressman Fitzpatrick from Philadelphia area, Republican. He was on the no labels and sort of the moderate and, you know, all that. He was on that path a lot. You know, he votes for Jordan. That's the kind of Republican seat, uh, you know, a moderate Republican that you want to have, nevertheless, in a Democratic area that could be turned. And those upstate New York seats as well. Yep. We'll talk more about that next week. Tom, I'm glad you're home. Glad you're home safe. I appreciate uh, your insight a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Howard. Bye-bye. 8.37.23 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I always love it when we get people who just came back from, I mean, I'm glad he came back, first of all, but, you know, can give us a firsthand report from a place like uh, Israel right now. How about Tom? I mean, we know what a sensitive, compassionate person he is with his his poetry and just the way he, he, he talks. What he did, Howard, I wouldn't have done that for any any amount of money. There's, would, there's would no. I mean, even if you give me twenty million, I can't spend twenty million if I'm dead. So no, I'm not going over there. No way. But picture how the way it happened. He's going on basically a routine trip. The defense secretary is going to go to a, a, a was a NATO meeting in Brussels. All right, that'll be good. I can get I can get a trip out of this, and you know, get some good reporting. Gets you know, put a few more air miles on. That's fine. And, and then they say, now we have to make a sh- little detour here, and you have to get off this plane, this nice, comfy, commercial-type airline, uh, and get into a military plane because uh, we need missiles to protect you when we come landing in, you know? And unless I miss my guess, knowing how this stuff works, when they went in to land, you know, they make one of those super steep banks and swirls and... I don't. I don't want. To, no. I. I'd rather. Can I? I'd rather stay on the. I'd like to stay on this plane, please. No, that plane. Yeah, isn't I ain't going. going. You're not. You're just not going. Um, always good to hear from Tom, though. Any in any which way, but uh, and I'm glad he's certainly glad that uh, there were no problems for him. Uh, there were a number of actually a couple of uh, congressmen, senators, I guess there were, were over in Israel just this past week, uh, trying to assess things and having some meetings, and they had to, they had to be run into a bunker because while they were meeting. <laughs> The bombs are coming. Yeah, so I was talking to Tom uh, before we put him on the air, and uh, you know, just telling him how you know how much I think of him for, to to do that. Really, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it for nothing. And uh, it was uh, he shared with me about you know people die over there all the time. Reporters, uh, it, you, you just you can't take anything for granted over there, Howard. You just can't. Eleven journalists died have died in this uh, in this skirmish turmoil, whatever you want to call it. Already, eight forty twenty till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, got a couple of odds and ends I want to get to. Also, a little bit more on the latest on the deer hunt. 
And we're going on a deer hunt, a deer hunt at Ogilvy Park. I'll tell you what the latest legal sparring over that is and more coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. But first, Ohio Valley headlines with Taylor Long. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 17th. The jury has decided the fate of ex-Benwood Fire Chief Garson Taylor. Taylor was found not guilty of some of the charges against him, some of which were reckless endangerment with a firearm, strangulation, and battery. Taylor was convicted of displaying a firearm, escaping from police, and hindering an officer. Taylor's sentencing is scheduled in the judge's chambers on Tuesday, November 7th. And all new, a domestic dispute early on Monday morning sent two men and a woman to the hospital. Belair Police Chief Watson says his department got calls about a shooting in the area of 41st and Noble Streets. Police arrived and found out that one man was supposedly assaulted by another man and hit with an axe. Police say the man then allegedly shot the attacker in self-defense. They say 47-year-old Michael Hummel of New Philadelphia was hospitalized with injuries from the alleged assault. They also say Joseph James was hospitalized with a bullet wound and a woman from Bel Air was also hospitalized. And staying in Belmont County, police have arrested a local man who is now in jail and accused of several drug crimes. They say they discovered a large quantity of crack cocaine when they arrested Sean Demetrius Mims, a resident of Bridgeport. Police say Mims was in possession of a bulk amount of crack cocaine, cash, and detailed narcotic sale transaction logs. Mims is currently in the Belmont County Jail. And there is a mandatory evacuation in Guernsey County for a half-mile radius from the intersection of Pioneer Road and Brick Church due to a gas leak. The notice was issued Monday night on the Guernsey County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. Stay with 7 News as we work to find out more details about this incident. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. It's time to talk basketball in the Big 12 in Kansas City. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Big 12 Conference's basketball season culminates each year in Kansas City with the playing of the conference tournament. 
In fact, it also starts there starting today. The first of two days of media days, the first ever 14-team Big 12 conference with the newcomers, the four new additions in front of the microphones today, along with the regular schools, and that includes West Virginia and Coach Josh Eilert. The AP came out with its top 25 preseason poll yesterday. There are four Big 12 teams. Kansas, to no surprise, comes in at number one. Houston at number seven. The Longhorns of Texas and their maiden voyage are at 18, and the Baylor Bears come in at number 20. WV football coach Neil Brown of the Mountaineers continuing to prepare for Saturday's game against Oklahoma State. Brown held his weekly press conference yesterday, had several interesting things to say. Looking back to that loss to the Houston Cougars, if, if he had to do it over again, he said that he would have rushed five instead of the three that they had used. He also questioned himself in regard to preparation for that game against Houston. He was trying to give his team some much-needed rest and relaxation, both physically and mentally. He says in looking back, his team lacked the physicality that it had used when it won those four straight games. And if he had to do that over again, he probably would have been more physical in preparation for the Cougars. A reminder, the Neil Brown Show this week comes your way on Thursday night from Kegler's beginning at 6 o'clock. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Get 11% off your favorite food and drinks at Menards. Lots and lots of pizza is loaded with over a half a pound of real Wisconsin cheese and piled high with your favorite premium toppings. It's big, bold, and outrageously delicious. Stock up on Brew Pub Lots and Lots of Pizza today. Now just $5.99 each after 11% rebate at Menards. Good through October 22nd, savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Now I understand what you tried to say to me and how you suffered for your sanity. How you tried to set them free They would not listen They did not know how Perhaps they'll listen now Tribute to Vincent Van Gogh called Vincent, the song. Don McLean, am I right, Bob? It is, Howard. I had a theme today, and because of the uh, problems that I had this morning, (laughs) leaving my lights on, everybody... I thought, you know, today I'm going to do the artist and their instrument. That's it. No background, just just that. So I had okay. some picked. Some went w- better than others, but uh, you got to admit, this is a great tune. This is a wonderful tune, and it's it's a great song. It's a great 
I mean, Vincent Van Gogh is a character that deserves to be, you know, discussed, and I, it's great. Even though I've never been a Don McLean fan, I have never ever been a Don McLean. Fan. I heard he's a real a hole. Well, the I I believe that to be true. Um, I my the two times I actually saw him perform, I I've told this on the air before many times, but he was the warm up act for Bill Cosby back at WVU when I was a student there at the Coliseum, and he got booed off the stage. It was among the first times he ever did American Pie. It had not yet hit the charts. Uh, so here's this guy. We're waiting for Bill Cosby to come out and do Cosby stuff. This is before Cosby became a bad guy. He was a good guy. Cosby's getting impatient. He's got somebody he wants to drug. No, He's got somebody he's got his eye on. No, come on. No. But, yeah, so, you know, uh, so here's this guy. He's a, you know, a balladeer, and he's singing uh, American Pie, which is a long song. And, and it was like, I, I know he literally got booed off the stage, but it was kind of like, come on, I'm waiting for Cosby. That was my first experience. Second one, he performed at Ogilvy's uh, Outdoor Amphitheater as part of the old summer entertainment series. And I knew people who had worked with him there, and that's when they said, boy, what a jerk he was. And what a masterpiece. Uh, I think just about, well, I mean, he's fallen off the map, but American Pie is certainly Absolutely. a masterpiece. I mean, it's a long song, but I mean, if you listen to it and you're into music, I think you'd come up with, man, that's really good. And it's an example. If, if and again, I don't know this to be true, but I knew people who, who worked with him who said he was just coming on as a popular star and he thought he was Elvis Presley I mean he had that kind of an attitude about things when he showed up and so on it's an example of how you can have great talent and still be an a-hole right I'm an a-hole and I have no talent Howard <laughs> well there's consistency there Bob at least the consistency there um Donald Trump just one quick Donald Trump story because it makes me laugh uh, one of the uh, judges in one of his trials, and honest to goodness, he's got so many of them, I don't even remember which one it is, uh, issued a limited gag order on Donald Trump yesterday. He said that Trump is, you know, perpetually threatening people. I mean, talk, talking about killing Mark Milley, the uh, the military guy, and the uh, the admiral. Uh, he's he's talked about uh, threatening witnesses. Everything, you know, and so the the judge said. You know, you cannot talk on social media or in public at your rallies about witnesses, uh, potential jurors, uh, the prosecutor, the attorneys. You you can't do that. You got to stop that. Now, of course, Trump. Well, I'm allowed to talk about anything I want to talk about. Free free speech. Here's what I love. Here's what I love, though, because I want to say, oh, please do, sir. Uh, Trump campaign spokesman said. Today's decision is an absolute abomination and another partisan knife stuck in the heart of our democracy by crooked Joe Biden. Now, I want to point out these are the kinds of gag orders that are routine in any kind of trial. What Donald Trump doesn't get is he is a defendant. He's a criminal defendant in most of these trials. Civil defendant in New York, but a criminal defendant in most of these trials. He is doing, being treated no worse nor no better than any other criminal defendant. But here's what I love. This is from Trump himself. What they don't understand is I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. Well, go. Well, go. Since he said that, he's happy to go to jail. Then I would suggest that the judge, as soon as he says something in a rally or as soon as he violates the gag order on social media, and you know that he will, because he can't keep his mouth shut. The second he does it, go get him.
take the manacles and tell him, hey, come on in. Uh, you said you didn't mind going to jail. We're putting you in there. I suppose the problem with that is then his supporters would all go berserk. I don't hear a lot of that, Howard. I mean, uh, I don't have my ear out there really listening for it, but I don't hear anything close. What do you call the the riots are at the Capitol? What's the word that you like to use? Insurrection. Yeah, I don't like to use that word, but, you know, they got rowdy and they did a lot of things that they shouldn't have done. I don't hear anything like that anymore. No, I, I, it is a good point. I expected more. I didn't expect an actual um, physical breaking in, like the Capitol kind of thing. But I expected a much more, several more vocal, violent-ish protests around some of these trials. Well, those people have good sense. They don't want to go to jail or they want to get out of jail, Howard. It may be, it may be they've seen what has happened and they thought, you know, it, back, back, back in January 6th uh, in, in, in last year, it kind of sounded like a fun thing. It was like a, it was like a game. Let's go play the Let's game. Let's do it. Let's go. And then now they're seeing people in jail for, you know, Five, 10, 15 years. Jeez, I don't know. It's not worth it. Not worth it. But I just love Trump says, I'll go to jail. I'll go to jail if I have to. Well, you may have to, sir. Uh, seven till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. to buy or sell a home for a reliable experienced agent that has been serving the tri-state area for over 30 years contact denise pavlik realtor salesperson with paul associates in the glendale marshall county office at 304-281-5250 we know you work hard every day how about a change of pace in your normal routine let jill's gentleman's club take you away from the reality of the real world for a few hours Stop by after work or on the weekend and let the gorgeous dancers at Jill's strip away your troubles and worries. There's no better way to relax than sipping on a cold beverage while enjoying the stage show of one of the many house dancers at Jill's. And Jill's is the perfect place for that bachelor or divorce party. For a great read, check out Jill's blogs on jillsatclassact.com. Like us on Facebook, too. Located on I-70, exit 11, Dallas Pike. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. That's ELO, but it's just Jeff Lynn and his guitar, and his uh, buddy's got his uh, piano right there. How? Okay, so just the two of them again. Performer and performer and uh, instrument. Okay. That started out the theme. Yeah, it didn't okay. work out so well. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. 
Coming up today on Statewide Talk Line, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Oh, wait, he changed his mind. Hold on. i got to make sure. I, uh, the original game plan today called for, Al oh, no, he's there again. Alex Mooney again. Uh, uh, Hoppy's had Alex Mooney on a lot. I don't know, and he hasn't had justice on it all recently. I don't know. Is is Al is uh, Hoppy hasn't gone to the dark side? Has Boy, he? that's what I'm hoping not. Uh, coming up today, 10:33, part of statewide talk line, second district congressman and uh, U.S. Senate candidate Alex Mooney, talking about the um, House Speaker race poll numbers. I don't know if there are new ones out or not. I don't know. This is from Hoppy and Israel. Uh, so Alex Mooney again today on statewide talk line. Uh, I want to stress that he is always welcome to come here. I'm serious. I would love to have him come back on the show. There are a couple of people I put the feelers out for because they're running for office, and I want them on, and uh, they don't seem to want to be on the show. Alex is one of them. I have any sick days left. Patrick Morrissey. You, you'd be using a sick day on that day. Patrick Morrissey is another one. I put the, the day he announced as a gubernatorial candidate. I said, hey, I'd love to have you on the show. And I got a, we'll get back to you on that. And that was the end of that. That was the end of that. Hey, you know what today is? What's today, Howard? National Pasta Day. Wow. I was trying to think. With meatballs or they, 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 uh, <laughs> they charge you extra for those, I Howard. was trying to think over the years we've had lunch and dinner together. Are you a big pasta fan? I am. We've been to Figueredo's a couple of times, you yeah, and that's I. Right. But yeah, back yeah, that's in, right. uh, you know, not so uh, not so often, but I love Figueredis. I've always been a Figueredis guy. What are you, a spaghetti guy, a penne, penne pasta? I like the rigatoni, and, I like, and if I can afford them, the meatballs. The meatballs, always like the meatballs. <laughs> I like the um, uh, I, I like the shells, a, a stuffed shell or something like that, ravioli, stuffed ravioli, something like that. The other thing that Figueredis has, I just wowed about it. It's the sausage with the peppers and the onions, Howard. You See, that's what you, you usually get there Yeah, in the I love bowl. that. Yeah. And you tell them quite clearly, here's exactly what I this want. This is the way I like it, please. I want a bowl. Please. In a bowl. Yeah, Bread it, on it, the it, side, yes. Exactly. Uh, so I've got a poll here real quick for National Pasta Day. Uh, one in 20 people say they eat pasta every day. I couldn't eat it every day. No. But, I mean, I do like it. Um, favorite pasta shape, spaghetti is number one. Uh, penne pasta, number two. Macaroni and tortellini comes in after that. Uh, what's your favorite sauce? As in for on the uh, uh, the salad? No, no, on the on the spaghetti. Just marinara, pot. maybe a little meat in there. I'm I'm easy. Uh, I don't like that white sauce though. That Alfredo is that what see, they call I it? Love, I love Alfredo. Nah, keep sauce. that off my spaghetti. Nah, all right. I, I love Alfredo sauce. Fifty-four percent went with uh, spaghetti sauce as their favorite sauce, and forty-four percent Alfredo sauce. I'm okay with either. Probably I eat Alfredo more than I eat marinara. It just depends. Uh, let's see what else I got here. Uh, ch -ch 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 -ch. Do you have a bag or do you have a bag or a box of pasta in your house, Bob? Right now, a bag of pasta. Do you have, some, do you have pasta? In yes, your house? yes, absolutely. Ninety-three percent of Americans always. I don't have, know how to cook it. <laughs> yeah, the other day I told Nancy, I said I'd like some uh, uh, some uh, angel hair pasta, and I think I'm just I don't want. I, I could have maybe some uh, Alfredo or. Just a little bit of butter and salt on it will be fine. And she said, well. Kitchen's that way. It's in the cupboard. <laughs> so, well, that's fine, but what do I do with it? 21% uh, use a fork and spoon to eat spaghetti. No, I don't use a spoon. I don't use a spoon either. Did you ever use a twirling spoon? I, I used, George Callis and I had lunch together one time a long time ago, and George was used, trying to use the twirling spoon. I was like, I don't, I, that, 
That's just too. That's affecting something too much. I don't want. Nah, this. just chop it up and chop stuff it up it in. and eat it. Chop it up and eat it. So hopefully you all will celebrate National Pasta Day today. Go get some pasta. It's uh, nine o'clock. We are the Watchdog Morning Show. Point one AM sixteen hundred WKKX Wheeling FM ninety seven point seven AM thirteen seventy WVLY Moundsville ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Israel continuing to pound Gaza overnight. Retaliation for Hamas's bloody incursion into Israel last weekend. As President Biden prepares to visit the region tomorrow, here's ABC's Ian Panel on the border with Gaza. Half the total population of Gaza has been told to leave their homes. Chaos and confusion at the border with Egypt as it remains closed, despite promises it might open for foreign nationals, including Americans. According to the UN, no food, fuel and little water or any kind of aid has entered Gaza in over a week. Mediators, including those from the U.S., are continuing to try and break the deadlock over delivering aid into the territory. Three hours from now, the House of Representatives begins voting on Jim Jordan's nomination to be speaker. Here's ABC's Stephen Portnoy in Washington. A secret ballot last week showed 55 Republicans were unwilling to vote for Jim Jordan on the floor. Since then, the Freedom Caucus founder has been working to convince holdouts who worry he's too far to the right. He's been getting closer to the support he needs to win the gavel. But ABC News counts at least 10 Republicans who've said they won't vote for Jordan. Nebraska Congressman Don Bacon among them. Some of us will not just be walked over. Jordan can only afford to lose four fellow Republicans. He's hoping to prevail over successive rounds of votes. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Fresh off a federal judge placing a limited gag order on him in his election interference case. President, former President Trump is expected in New York for his civil fraud case today. Janice Yu says he thought he would be face to face with his former fixer, Michael Cohen. Cohen is a key witness in the state's case, but said on social media last Friday that he needed to tend to a health problem and will not be able to testify this week. He says, though, he looks forward to testifying. According to a judge, the earliest he can testify is October 23rd. ABC's Janice Yu here. New York. You're listening to ABC News. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Skyrizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Police in Belgium tracking down a gunman who saw, saw and killed two Swedish soccer fans. The attacker was shot and killed himself. The killings happened just a few miles from a stadium where over 35,000 fans were watching a Belgium-Sweden soccer match. That match was then suspended halfway through. Local media outlets have been airing amateur video showing a man shooting several times near the stadium using a large weapon. 
It's come at a time of increased vigilance linked to the ongoing Israel-Hamas war that's heightened tensions in several European states. Tom Rivers, ABC News at the Foreign Desk. A new border controversy in Texas, this time not with Mexico, but with New Mexico. Over the past week, Texas National Guard members have been installing razor wire in a new place. I saw for myself yesterday the concertina wire at the border of Texas and New Mexico, and I couldn't believe it. Jerry Pacheco heads the Border Industrial Association. In a posting on X, Governor... But said the barriers preventing illegal crossing.